0: Welcome to OK HR Leads hosted by Tara Crowley and Rob Trotter. This is sounding very low key, but you know what? We're going to have a very exciting conversation today with our HR professional. Rob, what's happening? How's that? How's the HR? How is that HR pro that I'm looking at right here on our Zoom, Rob Trotter? How's it going?
1: Rob Trotter is, is doing doing well, you know, living the dream, as I say, you know, just hang, hanging in there and stuff. Um, um, I want to talk about your shirt. I, I kind of like that. What color is is the shirt that we're wearing today? I, you know. Hmm.
0: Well, it has an orange. Gold,
1: <laughs> Oral, I don't know. Okay.
0: It has a whole yeah. It's kind of bright, I guess, and then it has big shoulders. So, yeah. big shoulders. I guess that it's broad. It's making me strong ready to right. take the world it's
1: the hr world it's, it's standing out you know yes <laughs> yesterday for those hr geeks out there she hulk started so you know everything is thinking green or whatever i think if you were hulking it out you'd go with the color of coral there you, know, you go that, that, that works yeah she so have no idea like
0: the show came out like a movie
1: it's a tv show on disney plus oh
0: Every i don't Wednesday. i don't watch disney plus so i guess i i need to but add yeah. that in. add yeah. that into all of the other apps that we have right now that we have access to right.
1: it's it's for the marvel fans out there if you're into that kind of superhero thing it was, it was actually quirky and funny and the, more of a lawyer show than a superhero show it's kind of funny it's pretty good oh
0: well maybe we need to watch so that
1: i would suggest it
0: okay well speaking right. of um superhero hr right HR heroes <sighs> oh
1: great segue <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, Today, we have Jamie Smith, and Jamie is currently the HR manager for Henegas Auto in in Frederick, Oklahoma. And I mean, does anybody know where Frederick is? Me? Me? Anyway, she has also held HR roles for um, Cameron University and the city of Lawton, and Jamie has been quite stealthily, say that three times fast taking up HR space in the Lawton Southwest OK HR chapter. She's also, uh, she's been awarded the Emerging Professional. She's currently the um, chapter president. And uh, somehow I think she's followed the same career path as Chase Massey because they worked at the same places. So we got to (laughs) figure out how all of this ties together. But I want to hear about our quiet leader, who is quite the force, Miss Jamie Smith. Hi, Jamie. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, we're fired up because we have, we've talked with a few people from the Lawton chapter, but it's been over a year. So yeah. you, you're just going to fill that bucket for us. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. I will do my best. So I, we want to hear it. So we normally want to hear a little bit about Jamie, but we also want to hear about your chapter and what makes it special, but if you wouldn't mind starting off telling us about yourself and telling us about your background and how um, somehow you are a better HR pro than Chase Massey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: there's no way I can talk about my career path without talking about him. So I'm sure he'll come up quite a bit. Um, But yeah, so my HR um, experience Started at a young age. Um, I was going to school at Cameron University um, in Lawton, and um, started out actually going to school for physical therapy, or that was my dream, to become a physical therapist. So I did gymnastics growing up and
0: oh. um,
2: worked with a lot of physical therapists, and so that was something that I, I thought I wanted to pursue. So I thought I'd be at Cameron for a short, a short time period and then would move on. Uh, to potentially another school to finish that degree, but I quickly figured out that I did not like taking all of the science classes that was mm. that was not my thing. Um, I could not see myself sitting through years and years of, of those so I switched my major to sociology um, absolutely loved that that major. And while I was going to school, I was working at a men's uh, clothing store in Lawton, um, and one of my best friends was working on campus at, at Cameron in one of the departments, so she was a student worker, and she kept telling me, um, hey, you have to work on campus, like, it's such a great gig, you can basically do your homework while you're there, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just an awesome you know, awesome thing to put on your resume, but they're so flexible, allow you time to do your homework. And so I eventually applied for an on-campus job. And at that time, uh, the only on-campus job available was in human resources. Um, I was 19, I knew nothing about HR. (laughs) I had no idea what all that entailed, Um, but I ended up landing this job and on my first day, which I was in that department before Chase came along. So I do like to say that because...
1: (laughs) (laughs) A lot yeah, of people assume he
2: was there first, which all my other jobs, he was there first. But in that case, I I was there first. So <laughs> um, and so on my first day, I started and um, I quickly realized there was going to be no time for doing homework <laughs> at that oh. job. So, uh, yeah, my friend was a little wrong, uh, different department, different experiences. But they, um, you know, they kind of threw threw me right into it. And so. I handled, as the student worker, kind of was their administrative assistant, like front office person. Um, at that time, we had paper applications. Our, our process was on paper. And so that was a, a large portion of my job is, is you know, taking applications in, getting those out to the hiring managers, things like that. Um, so I quickly learned a lot about HR in a short amount of time. Um, and so I was fortunate to have a lot of good uh, mentors in that department and they just kept on giving me more and more, um, you know, teaching me more about the different areas of HR. Um, And one of the areas that um, they ended up teaching me was payroll. So we had payroll in our human resources department um, and they, the payroll administrator at the time kind of took me under her her wing and, and taught me how to process payroll for a university. And, Mm. um, and so that, that was kind of a a big deal for 19 year old to, to kind of learn that process. Um, and shortly, probably around that time, Chase had, had joined the department. So he was there then. Um, but we went through a couple of payroll administrators. So she ended up leaving and then we had another one come in and then the job was open. Um, at this time I was a junior, um, In college, and you know, Chase had taken the director spot um, of HR there at Cameron, and so we'd been through a couple payroll administrators. And Chase came to me and said, "Hey, I really think you could do this. Like, I Mm -hmm. think you could be the payroll administrator." Um, That was a shock to me, honestly. I never really considered myself. I was still in school. I was really quite young. I didn't have, you know, professional experience. So. Um, he kind of gave me that vote of confidence. And I thought about it for a while. And I decided, okay, well, you know, why not? So um, that was my first, you know, full time gig in HR was the payroll administrator. And so I was, uh, I think 20 or 21 at the time, uh, hired for that position. And I now realize that it was probably a really hard sell for him to take to his boss to say, hey, we're going to hire this you know, young, young woman to come and process payroll and you know she's still in to, college, right? Yeah, he's going to school full time. Um, and so anyway, I, I did transition into that role. Um, and so it, it worked out great for about a year. And then I'll be quite honest, I burnt out really, really quick, going mm-hmm. to school full time, uh, doing that full time. Um, and I was kind of at a point where I was ready to, to just throw in the towel like I didn't really know that HR was on my long-term you know goal list it was just something I'd kind of fallen into at that point and so I was ready to throw in the towel ready to give up um and and I pretty much did kind of you know say hey I, I think I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to stop you know working in this capacity um and Chase and I had a heart to heart and he You know, he could have just said, okay, you know, that's fine. I get it. But instead, you know, he, he kind of really just said, what can we do to make this work? Like we get, you got a lot on your plate. Um, you know, we want to help you out. We want you to stay in this capacity. You know, I think there's a lot of potential for you here. You know, we're willing to make this work. You tell us, what do you need from us to, to get this done? And so, um, you know, I agreed to stay. We came up with some solutions. At that time I was the only person processing payroll, but we hired a payroll clerk, so that helped significantly. Um, and so there were a lot of things that we were we we were able to put in place that that definitely helped. So I continued in that capacity for a total of about four years. Uh, so I finished my bachelor's degree and then went and got my master's degree in behavioral sciences. I still wasn't completely sold that I was going to be in HR. For you know, that was going to be my career path. I, I really liked behavioral sciences. I considered doing counseling or, or therapy um, type work and going into that profession. Um, and so I, I wasn't completely sold on on the field yet. And the only experience I've really had working full-time was, was in payroll. Um, during that time, Chase had left and he went to the city of Lawton and was the director of HR there. And so he called me one day and said, hey, I have I have an HR specialist position open. I'd really like for you to come and work for me over at the city of Lawton. And so when you have someone that you really enjoyed working for and, you know, they've been a great leader for um, for you, then you go. That's what you do. You follow them. So I went to the city of Lawton as an HR specialist, um, and there I was responsible for uh, workers' comp, all of their disciplinary proceedings, um, some training stuff. And so I was there for about two years, and that was a complete culture shock to me. I was coming from Cameron, where, like, everybody had seen me grow up. Um, very supportive environment. Everybody was rooting for me. You know, it, it was just very different going to the city now all of a sudden I was this new girl um and it was kind of like well, why are you here and how are you going to help me <laughs> so that was a big uh, a big challenge for sure but i'm i'm glad that i was there i learned more in those two years than i probably would have if i would have stayed in my comfort zone doing payroll at cameron so um within those two years i had my first uh, child my daughter hadley um and, you know, Chase had decided to come and work here at Henegas as the HR manager. And um, I decided to take some time off. So I, I left my job at the city. I stayed home for about eight months with my daughter right after she was born. Um, did that for eight months, quickly decided, like, I, I need an outlet. I, I staying home was great and wonderful, but I needed to get back to some type of some something, you know, and, and luckily at that time, Cameron had a position open um, as the employment coordinator, and so I applied for that job and was, was lucky to get hired back on at Cameron uh, in this new capacity, um, and so I, I did that for about six months, and then I was promoted into the director of HR role at Cameron, so the director that was there previously had left, and, um, and so I had to go through this grueling interview process, <laughs> day long interview process to, to get that job. And at the time I was four months pregnant. I didn't tell anybody I was pregnant because I was kind of like, I'm trying to get this, you know, very professional position. I don't want any way for this to kind of interfere with any decision making or anything like that. So, um, luckily I, I secured that job and everything worked out, <laughs> but that was my, my first, um, leadership experience uh, first leadership role was taking that position and so um, and that came with its challenges you know being you know peer level with that department and then promoting into their supervisor Um, you know that was definitely challenging but uh, learned a lot during those I was there for about three and a half years in that position chase promoted into a corporate role here at Henegas and Um, So he called me one day and and said, Hey, we have this great opportunity here at Henegas. I think you'd be a great fit. Um, And I was kind of at a spot in my career at Cameron where I felt like, okay, I've grown up here and I've kind of moved up through the ranks. And I was just really comfortable. You know, I I felt really comfortable, um, you know, and and I kind of felt maxed out at what I felt like I could do there. And so I, Took a leap of faith and didn't really know much about Hennigsville. I just knew that Chase had been really happy here, and you know, seeing that he was doing some good things, and obviously he's moved up into a corporate role. And so, I took a leap of faith, and I've been here for six months now.
0: So oh, okay, okay, still, still fairly new, still new. You're still learning the ropes. Oh yeah, learning yeah, the nuances. So I heard you talk about a few things that I want to um, and kind of dig into because I think it's important for people to hear this. I mean, in, in whether it's, I, I don't know if it's new persons new into any kind of role. I think you hit the nail on the head. You said you had conversations talking to your leader whenever you were feeling overwhelmed. And I think there are so many times that people walk into a new role and they think, oh, gosh, I can't tell anybody that I am struggling or this is hard for me or I'm having some difficulties. And it's always the opposite. I mean, you hear all of these, um, you know, speakers talk about that if you, when you're actually vulnerable, that's whenever people begin to respect you more because you are telling them, Hey, I don't get this or, Hey, I need help or, Hey, there's just too much on my plate right now. And then people go, Oh, okay. Well, guess what? So-and-so is fallible and yeah, I can help you. So I just wanted to reiterate, it's so important to talk to your leader whenever there's whatever the situation, I think it's, Once people tend to get older and they get more comfortable in their roles, then that comes a little bit more easily, but maybe not for some people. But I just feel like with maturity, I I get that. But that was mature whenever you were 19. Just tell somebody, hey, I have too much that I'm doing right now. I got to go or need to make a change. And then the other part that you talked about that I think is so important to also reiterate is that chase saw your strength and he saw what you had and he called you out on it he was like yeah i think you can do this Mm -hmm. you know and you're like well i don't know that i mean how many times you know rob and i've talked about that before of having persons just say oh i see whatever it is that they see about you and they point it out maybe you know it maybe you don't and it's like oh well somebody else notices you know somebody walks a little bit higher a little bit taller Yeah,
2: absolutely. I was certainly lucky that I've had that experience because yeah, if it wasn't for that, there's no way I would have even put my name in the hat for that. So, (laughs)
0: uh, and I also think about, uh, you, you talking about, you just said you were pregnant and, and, uh, didn't want to tell people. And I think, God, we still, that's, yeah, we still think yeah. about that. And we I, I should preface
2: that. that to say I I know that probably would not have weighed in their decision making in any yeah. way. I'm not making that claim, but you know, as a woman, you do think about that. You know, of course. and yeah, and, I interviewed you know,
0: someplace and I was eight months pregnant. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> sure they're like, oh my god, yeah. why,
2: why? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just something that's always, you know you, as a woman, you're, you're concerned about, you know, is that going to make yeah. them see you differently or or right. make them think, Hey, where she's going to be gone in five months on maternity leave. How are we going to handle that? And so I, I just felt like that's what I needed to do. I needed to do these interviews first. And, and I did, I had that conversation with, with that, the yeah. vice president. And then before, once she offered me the job, I said, okay, Hey, I have to tell you something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it all worked out.
0: Yeah. I also think about, you said that um, you needed an outlet. You went back to work. Um, and I think about that. Me personally, I, it, it's such a, I mean, it's that whole thing of the guilt of, gosh, I, I'm supposed to be home, but then I also need, I mean, I needed people to talk to. Yeah. I mean, I, I love looking at my little baby whenever he was, you know, brand spanking new, but it's also, I, I, I didn't have something else. It was like, how many times do you mop your floor?
2: Yeah. I needed a reason to leave the house or else I would just stay there for weeks. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I needed, I needed something else. So yeah. I think, you know, thank you for talking about those things. I think those are important to hear. So yeah, Rob, did you have, did you get to stay home with any, any kids?
1: No, right. I did not. My wife did. And uh, same, yeah. same kind of story. I was just kind of thinking about it because, you know, now I'm working from home. So I am, yeah. I am home sometimes three, or four times, three, or four days a week without leaving the house. And I can think I can kind of scratch the surface of that feeling, but don't even want to attempt to say that I, yeah. I, it's equivalent, but yeah, there's, there's some similarities.
0: I Yeah. And I think, you know, we're talking about, I think we can kind of get in this work from home and and this remote work and all those things that I, I I was sick and needed to work from home recently. And I was like, I need to get out of my house. This <laughs> made me crazy. So, yes. yeah, especially with kids. I, I don't know.
2: I don't know how people do it. With young kids, maybe one day my kids will be old enough to, to let me actually
0: have a phone call or something. <laughs> but- yeah, right. Yeah. That's hard. It's that balance act, and obviously, you know, going through the pandemic, it you know, exacerbated by people saying, "Hey, you need to work." Well, how do you work from home whenever you have a five-year-old trying to do kindergarten Mm -hmm. online? By my gosh, there's yeah. No, first of all, I wouldn't want to teach the child. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Woo! Stop talking, Tara. (laughs) Stop (laughs) it. Okay. Let's go. We went down personal path, blah blah, yeah. blah. Jamie, let's get back. Let's get back to your career. And why don't you tell us a little bit about stuff that makes you excited about coming to work? What What lights your fire in your career currently?
2: Yeah. So I, there must be something wrong with me because I something that I love is to prove people wrong, and I really oh. enjoy the ability to break the misconception about human resources. So I, I think. Oh. There's a, there's, you know, a bit of a a bad misconception sometimes, sometimes employees, you know, consider HR to be similar to the principal's office or whatever bad experience they've taken from other, you know, other places that they've worked or Mm -hmm. even within our own organization and so you know that's something that i'm passionate about is how can we build an office a department where employees feel comfortable coming here mm-hmm. um, you know how do we make them feel you know how do we have this human-centered approach to make them feel like they can come here and, and have conversations with us and not have to be worried that they're coming to hr because they're going to get into trouble or, or whatever it may be so that's kind of always been my passion and something that I've enjoyed is whenever I can have a connection with employees or we can become an office where people feel comfortable coming into and then when they leave they say you know hey I I wasn't expecting that to be my experience or you know it it was actually nice coming into HR you know I, I want it to be an opening and welcoming environment for everybody and I don't want anyone to feel like it's it's a place they have to be scared to come to so that's always been Something yeah. that I've been passionate about in each of the places that I've worked.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to suggest, recommend listening to our conversation with Barbara Abercrombie because Barbara Abercrombie, in I don't know if it was 2012 or 2014, it was a long time ago. I heard her speak at an OK HR conference. I talk about it all the time that she said HR needs to be the, it is normally looked at as the department of no. And she wants to be the department of yes. So I've taken that to heart. So it sounds like something that yeah. you you have figured out on your own, not hearing it from somebody else. But that's that's the that's the place and the space. that I feel like you know we are trying to transition over. We we are responsible for humans. We're responsible for humans. So let's you know let's be their partner, not <laughs> not browbeat them. Right. <laughs> so and be a healthy a solution provider for them. So yeah. that's, you know, that's our job. So, yeah. Um, so what are some things that you've done that you've maybe changed somebody's mind?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it can, it can be really simple. I think it's, it's the small things that, that matter more to employees. It's just your simple interactions with them, just having conversations, trying to get to know people, Um, You know, we've something that I'm happy that we've been able to do here is a lot more focus on employee engagement and employee activities, um, which is something I didn't really have as much flexibility to do in previous jobs. But doing something like a family day, we did that uh, shortly after I started here in, in May, where family went to Oklahoma City Zoo. And we paid for them to bring their immediate family members and pay for their, their food and just things like that, I think mean a lot to employees. Um, so I, really, I think it's it's in the small day-to-day interactions. So not mm-hmm. constantly being in my office from eight mm-hmm. to five, but trying to walk around, trying you mm-hmm. know to get them to see me and so that we can have those connections and conversations. And they don't think that HR is just in their office all day, doing whatever we do, you know, that, that we're out there trying to get to know them as well so that they feel comfortable coming to us whenever there is something that, you know, maybe we can help them with. So,
0: right. So, so what are some things that you guys have been doing that's engagement wise that you've seen? I mean, besides the going to Oklahoma city, I think that I I love that. And I love that. I'm sure I remember talking with Chase whenever he told about the story of going to frontier city. And so You know, I think it is, you can say that's a little thing. That's actually a really big thing that you paid for all of the employees, plus their family to go do something. And I would assume that your business is, is it 24 hours, 24 seven
2: Yeah. Usually 24 hours, Yeah, five days a week,
0: but occasionally there's,
2: there's weekend, you know, work too. So it it can be 24
0: seven. So, so, so people, everyone was, was had the opportunity to go, you weren't doing that during a day that somebody would have to work. So, okay. So that's, (laughs) I always think that's hard. It's like, you have to find that balance of, you know, offering to everybody where they are, you know, right. whenever you work 20, you know, have the operations 24 seven. So tell, I mean, and let me also back up. People may not know what Henegas is. So can you tell what Henegas does? Because, you know, we're talking about this as a manufacturing and right.
2: Yeah. So we're a manufacturing plant and we manufacture the rubber sills that go in your car. So in your car door, um, your hood, uh, lift gate, uh, trucks and, and things like that. And we have four, Uh, U.S. plants. We have about 9,000 employees globally. So we have plants Mm. in Mexico, China, Europe, Canada. Um, So yeah, that's, that's Hennigas in a nutshell, but, but mainly Uh, manufacturing. So the majority of our workforce here, um, they're actually on the floor manufacturing parts.
0: How many um, employees are there at your location? We have 250. Okay. Yep. (laughs) wowie yeah so um and i know that what are you guys doing in addition to doing some things engagement wise for your employees to help them stay aware of what's happening in your world or what's happening in um that of things available to them and i'm thinking about that because like there are persons who hey yes we have a bulletin or we have something but are there are you seeing that um that your workforce is becoming more acclimated to apps or ways to electronically communicate with them? Or is it mainly still, Hey, I got a poster board here.
2: Yeah. So we do have, like, we have TVs throughout the plant, Mm. throughout the plant where we have messages that are, that's constantly going. Um, So we'll post different things there. We have plant communication meetings every other month. So uh, it's a mandatory meeting that all employees go to. So that gives us an opportunity, uh, the managers, to kind of talk about whatever's going on to kind of keep everybody in the loop. But we do have, um, we have a mass communication system that we use. um, and And the majority of our employees sign sign up for it just because that's how we'll communicate if we're going to, you know, be shut down because of a power outage or, you know, whatever's going on. So they're usually pretty apt to sign up for that because no one wants to show up at the plant whenever we're, you know, not running. <laughs> so no. that's that's no. a good incentive for them, them to do that. So <laughs> um, we haven't had a, a ton of pushback in that area. That's actually been a pretty good response rate Um, so yeah plant communication meetings are our main way of trying to you know keep everybody in the loop of of what's going on at a a, company level yeah Yeah. but engagement wise you know like I said, a lot of times it's the small things. A lot of times it's just walking around and trying to talk to employees and trying to, you know, see, you know, what's going on, you know, in that particular work cell. Um, but we try to do something every month for the employees. So we do popcorn days a lot. So mm. we sell popcorn. You know, it's been summer, so there's obviously it's been really hot here. So we've done Gatorade and water and ice cream, Bye. no cones. So we we try to just have an activity every month that allows them to, um, engage with, with the managers and with the salaried employees and, and kind of provides them, you know, that appreciation. So, you know, if sales yeah. are good this month, then, you know, we want to make sure that you understand it's, it's a direct result of you know your work. And so we're saying thank you for, for what you've done. And so right. we just, we, we try to communicate with them as much as we can. And it's, it's definitely been a something that's different for me coming from Cameron, where, you know, send an email to everybody or right
1: right. now it's right. like,
2: okay, well, I, I can't send an email to that person. I have to actually right. physically go out there and I need yes. to talk to them or see them or deliver whatever message I have, yes. or they might be working third shift. So they could be here at two or three in the morning. And yes, then you have to figure out, okay, how do you make that work? Especially when you're doing those activities. And so, yeah, sometimes, you know, you have to come out here in the middle of the night and, and be willing to do that, but it's important, you know, that regardless of what shift they're on, that we're making that effort to, to still involve them in whatever's going on.
0: Right. I'm totally shaking my head because I, we have that same situation and, you know, it's like somebody says, oh, you just send an email and I'm like, it's not going to get to everybody. (laughs) No, it's not
2: that easy. It's really, you know, it's been, I've I've had to get a lot more creative and it's it's something that I've just it's been a challenge to try to adjust to that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and figure out how do you include everybody whenever you know you have all three shifts and then people don't have email that they're checking all day. And so
0: right. it, it's been a challenge, but right.
2: We right. do our best.
0: So what would you say is your favorite tool in business?
2: So this is going to sound really simple, but um, for me personally, I'm just going to say the internet, Google is my favorite tool in business. Um, just thinking of all the times that I didn't have an answer to something, um, you know, you can find almost anything that you need to know by doing a quick Google search, you know, and I, I love her. I love you know all the different HR tools that we have too, but you know, there's been so many times whenever I've just had no idea how to move forward with something. And yeah. you know, I've been able to find the answer either on you know Sherm website or just Googling or whatever it may be. And so yeah. for me, you know, I, I think I'm pretty resourceful. I try to find the answer, you know, myself. And so I I Google's been my friend. So that's <laughs> it's always been there. <laughs> so I know that's a simple answer, but
0: I think it's a great answer. We're <laughs> in the information age. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Rob can't
0: hear you.
1: Sorry. Uh, and besides the uh, the Sherm website, uh, have you discovered any other like HR tools that, that you kind of visit a lot uh, as a result of searching the internet?
2: Um, so I like to sign up for, for like daily email blasts and stuff. And so one that I've signed up for recently is um, HR Brew. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard that one. So I like, for me, I like to, read you know what's going on you know what's something new that i should be aware of and sometimes in in those emails they'll they'll give you kind of links to just different different tools or resources and so that's kind of in my go-to uh but sure really i mean you can find almost anything on, on that website so that's always kind of my go-to uh but hr brew i do like that email blast too
0: who puts that out i feel like i've seen it and i who puts out hr brew that's a good question. I don't
2: know who, who does that.
0: Yeah, because I feel. Do you know Rob? Because I feel like I, I've seen it. And I, I have not. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's something we will look up, and it will be <laughs> in our show notes. So there you go. Um, so what do you see right now as a must must address HR issue that's just glaring at all of us, and do you have a solution?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I think obviously people are talking about the great resignation or whatever you want to call it. I, I really think it's more of just a burnout problem. I think people are burnout, not just professionally, but personally. There's been so much that's happened over the last couple of years that people are just tired. Yeah. And So I, I think that's what's led to this great resignation is pe- employees I don't feel valued or they don't see the purpose of their work, you know, they're looking elsewhere. Um, and so I wish I had, you know, whatever the, the answer or solution is to that, but I, I think it's just, we have to do a better job at connecting with people and trying to connect them to what their purpose is in their job, you know. It, it, they need to be able to see the, the bigger picture of, of what they're doing every day and how it's impacting, you know, the company as a whole. And so, um, you know, we've already talked a little bit about engagement and things like that. But I I think employees just want to feel valued. I think, you know, they're not just machines that are here, you know, to to do a job. And so I think a lot of that is training for supervisors and managers to to better understand how do you connect with your employees? um, How do you allow them to, when they come to work, how can they be their full selves? You know, we can't just leave everything at the door. It doesn't. Work like that, you know. I know mm-hmm. if, if I have a bad morning with my kids, you know, I'm, it's definitely going to follow me here <laughs> to work. Like, right. there's, there's no just leaving that at the door. um And so I think we just we we need to get better at that. I, I think that's one way to potentially solve that issue. And I think it boils down to if they're not feeling valued and they don't see where they fit in in the organization, then they're going to look elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and I think you know I I have a mantra motto whatever that says things you do affect others. And I say it to my kids, but really, I mean, this is me. If I come in and I'm carrying my baggage and I'm frustrated and I bark at somebody here, well, that's not very nice. That's not very fair. So it's how I'm treating them. And then it's, it's a trickle down effect to all of the people where you think, oh, it's me and you don't need to worry about me. Well, yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah, you do (laughs) take care of yourself, take care of other people and that everybody might be a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And and for sure, you know, you're saying the the great resignation. I've also read there's they're terming terming the boomerang that people who've left are beginning to come back. And then I just read had an article that was sent to me yesterday that saying that some businesses are actually getting to the point where they're saturated and they're doing some layoffs. And I'm like maybe he hasn't made it to Oklahoma yet. But <laughs> like, whoa, well, whoa. Well. Yeah, oh, well, no. I don't know
2: if you all have heard the term, um, but I, I just read something yesterday about about it. Quiet, quiet, quitting. Yeah. Oh, what does that mean? So I, I guess it's you know it's not people that are just like sneaking out the back door and not coming back, you know, because that's what I, I thought. Um, but it's it's basically just being at work and doing the least amount possible to get um, by. Yeah. not, not being engaged, not, not trying to take anything else on. So really it's just, I think disengagement, disengaging.
0: Disengagement. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So if you ever go look up the Gallup, um, information about engagement and disengagement and actively disengage, you, it's very eye opening because you're like, wowie zowie, you know, yeah. there's very few, it's been like, you know, t- around 30% and I haven't looked at the most recent, but it's around 30% of people who are maybe actively engaged. That's it. That's not that. That's not a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it is, but it isn't. I mean, we could always do better, I guess is my point. Um, yeah, I just, oh gosh. So good stuff. Quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. We learned something new, Rob. Right <laughs> it. You were shaking your head. I think you knew this one. All right. So you volunteer also for the OKHR, uh, well, Okay, HR State Council, because you're currently the president with the Lawton, I don't want to say Lawton chapter, but it's Southwest OKHR okay, chapter. So tell us about that and how you got involved with um, your local chapter and then experience with the state part two. Sure. So
2: I started coming to Sher- local SHRM events whenever I was at the city of Lawton, something that Chase kind of introduced me to. And I think he was uh, serving on the Southwest Southwest OKHR board at that time. Um, And so then obviously, you know, I I took some time away from work. And whenever I went back to work at Cameron University, I kind of reconnected with that chapter. Uh, Chase was about to step into a president role and asked me to serve as the president-elect. So (laughs) um, I didn't know that was going to mean, you know, two years as a president-elect, two years as a president, and then two years as a past president. But right now, currently, I am the president this is my last year i only have a few more months left so the majority of my presidency has been during covid we just wow. got back to in-person meetings in may um Same. so i've had a little bit of a different experience <laughs> um just because we've been doing meetings virtually for you know year yeah. and a half two years at that point um so we we just got back to in person and so it's that's that's definitely been great to kind of get everybody back together the virtual meetings were good just because we could reach so many more people um right. but it, i don't think anything beats being in person and being able to talk face to face you know to people either so we were happy to be able to get back to in person and then last or this month actually last week Um, We just recently had our Employment Law Summit, so it's a full-day conference that we did, um, and we had probably around 60 people show up in attendance, and so it was a really great turnout, something we did prior to COVID, but we were happy to bring that back as well. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where where we're at. Um, We're in Lawton. We usually meet at Cameron University um, on the second Wednesday of, of every month. And then, yeah, obviously, as, as being the president of, of Southwest OKHR, uh, I, I guess it kind of makes me an honorary member of the OKHR
1: board oh, as well. Yeah, honorary,
2: you're on the board. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're there? That's why yeah. OKHR's there. And so uh, that's also been, you know, it, it's kind of been a little different for me because most of that stuff has been virtual because of COVID. So I feel like I didn't really get the full, you know, experience. Um, or what the normal experience used to be you know prior prior to COVID but yeah I'm happy to serve on that board and you know I I initially thought like okay this is going to be so much work and I you know I don't know how I'm going to juggle all of this or manage all of this but I get a lot out of it I think you get so much more out of it than what you're giving and um and it's it's definitely been a great experience so volunteer work is it's not always easy and last week with the conference it was it was definitely crazy and i probably put more hours in doing (laughs) that stuff than you know than my normal you know eight to five job but it's definitely worth it Uh, you know just being able to i had someone last week who she said that she was trying to make a decision whether or not she wanted to be in hr um, and based on her, comp- on coming to the conference and being there all day that, you know, she felt like that's the career path that she wanted to explore. So I thought that was, okay. that was really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, I think that's great that you guys do, um, you know, an additional, I feel like it's a community summit, something that, that presents to them. And so, because you do that, Enid does breakfast with the boss or something. Is that right, Rob? Do you remember with talking with Brenda? Brenda Rogers, she talked about that. And I'm like, this is so great because, you know, you're providing something that yes, it's for HR professionals, but also for small business owners or even just somebody who's in a leadership position. This is a great way for them to come in and, you know, spend a few bucks. I'm going to expect it wasn't very much and they're gaining a full day worth of experience. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Who spoke with you guys? We had six different speakers, so
2: we had Bruce Waller there in the morning, and we had um, we had six different sessions, but five speakers. We had two from Crow and Dunlevy um, uh-huh. that were there as well. Um, Shaylen Jackson, yay, which amazing, yeah, <laughs> um, and Mitch Sims with uh, K-Law okay. City. So yeah, okay. those, those were the five. Yeah, okay,
0: okay. Well, that's not, I mean, Rob, we missed that. <laughs> next next year. Next yeah. year you can be there. <laughs> we have an F. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we've already spent quite a bit of time with you already. Um, and what la- last main question, we always have end questions, but last main question that we have for you is what is awesome about being James Smith?
2: Oh, that's a tough one um I mean for me I know this isn't HR but I'm gonna say my kids my two kids Uh, yeah you know (laughs) yeah they're you know that's that's what is awesome about every day so and I think just being a parent you get a lot of inspiration from your kids and motivation from your kids and just wanting to do good for them and so that that's where I get a lot of mine from
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's your purpose. Yeah. There's your purpose. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, we normally end, um, with in questions. So we did not send them to you beforehand. And so off the cuff in the past year, what has been a revelation to you about yourself?
2: Hmm. Okay. Um, like that. Huh? Yeah. (laughs) Let me think about that. No, that it's important to take chances in life, um, to Ooh, say nice. yes, to say yes more, yes. Uh, a year ago, if you would have asked me to do this podcast, I probably would have said no, <laughs> but I've, I've tried over the last 12 months just, you know, to take more chances. Um, and so, so yeah, that, that's kind of been my mantra for this year is to say yes.
0: Do you have a, do you have a word of the year? I don't have a word. No, we'll say it's yes. (laughs) Good one. I like it. So, and I understand that we have one person that we have been asking and asking and asking and asking and asking asking to be on the podcast. (laughs) Eventually, we will get them, right? Because we're just gonna just wear them down. But I just think it's. But I think part of it is because they're um, uh, uncomfortable. Uh, pro- yeah. probably uncomfortable thinking that it's going to be recorded and once we're on here it's kind of like oh we're just having a chat it's yeah. just like a regular meeting so <laughs> but getting them here all right what uh, mantra or motto do you use for yourself and you like to share with others
2: don't let the hard times harden your heart
0: don't let the hard times harden your heart
2: Yes. I've always liked that. I don't know where I got that from. <laughs> I picked it up somewhere early on and I've always, I don't know. I've just always kind of thought of that. That's good. That's good.
0: All right. Copying from Brene Brown's podcast. Um, what do most people get wrong about you?
2: Oh, um, that's hard. I, I think... So I'm, I'm usually pretty quiet. I'm an introvert. So <laughs> shocker, I know. <laughs> but I think because of that, a lot of times I can come off as unapproachable uh, and I'm not a promise. Like I I want people to talk to me. I want to be included. It's just uh, like we talked about before the podcast started or before we started recording. I don't like to talk about myself and yeah. you know, I'm not going to be the most, you know, the loudest person in the room, or the most engaging, um, but I'm not unapproachable. Yeah. I want to engage and talk and interact
0: just as much as anybody else. So, I get it. I get it. And especially if you're working with Chase, and he probably is like, yeah. we were on a meeting one time, and he said, "Guess what? I did a podcast. Who's is the best? Mine!" And like, <laughs> yeah. yeah Yeah. he definitely doesn't lack in any confidence (laughs) no yeah so if he's in front of you then you're you're like hey man get out of my way yeah he pushes
2: me out of my comfort zone a lot but but it's good sometimes you need that you know yeah
0: well it sounds like he's yeah so that you've had some opportunities to say yes yes and that um, especially like I heard you talk about your payroll experience and stepping into that role that you weren't sure that you could do it, which is awesome. All right, uh, what recent TV show have you been obsessed with?
2: I don't get to. I don't really watch a lot of TV because of the kids at home. But I have recently watch, watched watched uh, Virgin River.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a cute show. So yeah. I can't watch anything too crazy because I never know, like you know, <laughs> when yeah. the when the kids are going to pop in. But that one's definitely a feel good feel good show. Yeah. It's for the most
0: part, wholesome.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. What book or podcast do you recommend to others to read or listen to?
2: So this is for all the introverts out there, <laughs> but a book that I I really like and that's kind of stuck with me is by Susan Cain, and it's "Quiet: The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking." And you can look mm-hmm. up her TED Talk. <laughs> She has a TED talk also um, that she does that, that where she talks about the same things. But basically it's just, you know, it, it talks about how introverts can make great leaders, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something that's something that I've always been passionate about, just because I, I think we're we're sort of taught that leaders should be, you know, the loudest person in the room or, you know, in that's not always necessarily true. I think we all have unique talents and I, I think introverts have an opportunity to make a great impact too. So of course. Um, I really like that book. So
0: yeah. Okay. Well that's good to know. We're gonna star it. All <laughs> right? How how can people connect with you?
2: Um, so LinkedIn. I recently got onto LinkedIn. I wasn't on LinkedIn until this year, so, <laughs> um, but so yeah, that that would be the best way to connect with me.
0: We had a conversation with someone recently, and they said that they um, got a LinkedIn account when they were seventeen. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> you remember that, Rob? I was like, what? What? So I know.
2: Yeah. We're just- no. I just, I've never joined it before. And then just, I, I feel like within the past couple of years, it's just been such a thing where it's like everything that I go to or everything that I attend, it's like, what's your LinkedIn or, you know, so I was like, okay, now I finally I like, need to join
0: <laughs> <then>. <laughs> Yeah. I like linked, LinkedIn for the business aspect. Yeah. I think it's a smart move for something that's specific for that. Yeah. Yeah. So. okay. Well, we've had a blast um, chatting with you, Rob. You want to sign us out?
1: This has been OKHR Leads podcast, brought to you by Nobody. If you want to bring us something, then go right ahead, and we'll be happy to take that uh, <laughs> that that money from you. But other than that, this has been great. I, I did find an article here that I'll put in here. Quiet quitting isn't an, isn't new. Uh, the mm. internet just gave it a name. Oh, oh, so yeah, it was. But yeah, quiet quitting was invented by TikTok. It's it's a thing all over TikTok right now.
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: Interesting That's stuff. TikTok. Gotcha. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, uh, thank you guys. Come thank back you. next Monday for another round of wonderful questions and interviews, and we'll see you later.
0: Right. Till next time. All right. Bye, Jamie. Bye. Bye. Bye.